part of my purpose, I feel like here on earth is to remind people of their own humanity, right? Of like, yes, like you said, there are different paths to get to the same place, but ultimately we're all going to the same place, right? Um, and when you break down all of these barriers and all of these labels and all of this other shit that divides us, we're all just people. We all just want to experience joy and have a good time and be around people that care for us, that love us, that are able to respect our boundaries, right? Like that is all that all of us want. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. This episode is so nice. It's like such a balancing episode. Jay Morgan joins me, and he is a queer life coach and somatic practitioner. I love Jay's message of we are just all people, you know? So how can we relate, and how can we dispel the divide and what do we have in common and how can we learn more about each other in a way that feels really good and connective so jay and i explore those topics on this episode and we also talk about his transition from woman to man and we talk about dating we talk about sex you know all the good stuff it's a really fun one it's really just interesting to learn about his journey and he's just a great person so i'm really excited for you guys to listen to this enjoy so i want to tell you guys about manifestation exploration which is my course to get what you want in life i'm big on doing what i want and getting what i want and i always get what i want and i always will <laughs> uh if it's for the greater good and Lately, I've been really interested in manifestation. I mean, I always am in general, but just a lot of manifestations have come through for me, like personal stuff, romantic situations. I've gotten some beautiful gifts, and I've been able to just surround myself in luxury while still totally hustling out the basement as an entrepreneur and um if you guys want to hear more about that you can go on my stories on instagram i've been talking about it this week but i've been just really believing in my manifestation process and my abilities to manifest and this is a learned skill you guys and it's customizable for everyone but I have steps that I use that I think make the process a lot yes easier but it's even more than that it's like you feel supported throughout the process and you don't feel like what's wrong with me why isn't this working the way it's supposed to be working you, there's so much troubleshooting in my course and it's very well thought out in my opinion in my humble opinion and there's just a lot of resources for you in there so if you're interested i will add that to the show notes and it's late I need to go to bed, but I just wanted to tell you guys about that because um, I think it will help you a lot if you are looking to achieve some big goals and make life easier for you and make life more fun for you. And 
feel freer in life. You know, I've really been able to achieve that even though I haven't reached my biggest goals yet. I'm able to achieve a lot of comfortability along the way. And I wish that for you guys too. So if you're interested, it will be in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest on today. This is, we're kind of like mixing it up topic-wise, which I love. This is not necessarily gonna be an episode about raw meat. I mean, we'll see what comes up, but not today, really, in the in the grand scheme of things. We're here to talk about some other stuff, and I'm really, really excited to have Jay Morgan on. Jay is a queer life coach and somatic practitioner. And I just love, I put up a form for my guests to fill out and I love what else he put on here. So I just want to read it for you guys real quick and you'll get a little bit more of a view into who he is as a person. He says um, he enjoys being in nature, dancing or singing to high vibey music, being creative in the kitchen. And Jay is just like such a special person we met kind of on the fly randomly and he is also connected to other people in the community to the vitalist institute where i do my breath work and where jay got some education and just such a light person i remember jay i met you a couple of times and we talked on a day that really didn't feel good for me and you you really were able to uplift me and um i think you just have a lot of special vibes on here so Jay Morgan, queer life coach and somatic practitioner. Welcome to Root Awakening a Health Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. When you said, you know, you asked me when we were at the store when I was talking to you, I don't know if it was the same day that you're talking about, but um, you were like, would you like to be on my podcast? And I'm like, I feel like in some way, like I attracted that, right? Because um, I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy having conversations like this. Um, and I feel like, you know, when I've interacted with you the several times that I have, it's like, like all natural, right? And so it's it feels like it's all going to come really easy. So I'm excited to hear what we get into. I'm really excited about your questions. I don't know what you're going to ask. So we're just walking in blind here. <laughs> yes, we are. Because guess what? I have no idea what I'm going to ask you. I'm just going to see what comes out of my mouth. That's what yes. usually happens. Um, yes, I really appreciate people who have just a great attitude towards life. And that's how I see you as someone with a great attitude towards life. And just it's very clear to me, intuitively at least, that you position yourself to have as best and as enriching of an experience as you can. And mm. that is unmistakable to me when I see that in people. And I think that people like you are meant to be here to uplift those of us who can get a little dramatic from day to day, like some of us over here. And um, I, yeah, I just see you as a bright light. So I'm, I'm just excited to share our space here and I guess I want to know first and foremost, if you've always been like that and if you agree with what I just said. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I've you started to use the word, not started, but for a while I've used the word light worker to describe, to describe myself. Um, and I think that speaks to what you just shared, right? Um, being a light worker, I'm someone that, um, you know, goes into the depths of my own trauma to uplift myself and work through that. And so that I can actually shine that light for other people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have to uplift, my, uplift myself first so I can do it for other people. Um, 
And so, yeah, I would say uh, somewhere deep down in my soul, I've always been that person, but it didn't always show. Right. And so um, growing up and things like that, I never, I, I always had like a sense of humor, but it wasn't always a healthy sense of humor. Right. A lot, a lot of sarcasm, a lot of jabbing at people, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now it's like, it is more of like a pure fun, childlike laughter and humor that I have. Um, and, you know, I, I think one thing that sticks out to me that I've, I have consistently done my whole life is just complimenting people on little things right? Like it's so easy for me and I love doing it and just being like, I love your shirt. I love your boots. I love your hair, whatever it is. I don't care. But right. Just like you experienced when I told you that one day of how, you know, you bringing compassion into this raw meat thing like that, that one little thing, right. It sounds like it made your day and it took me two seconds to tell you that. Um, And so, yeah, even just little stuff like that, because I feel like, um, you know, with the world that we live in now, we kind of overlook the importance of those things. Um, and so, yeah, I just find it really impactful to just be like, Hey, your hair looks really great today. You know, I don't have any, so I like to look at yours. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's life-changing. It can be life-changing for people and, and definitely has been, yeah, just something that I really appreciated in you right away. And I totally agree when I, when I think something in my head, like, Ooh, I like those shoes. I almost always tell, if I'm in a context where I'm able to always tell someone, because you can just see how much it helps them to realize how great they are. And I think we often, most of us have habits of forgetting how great we are. So if it's genuine and I'm feeling it, I always say something because it it just always brings a great energy to whatever space I'm in. And yeah, it's cool that I like how you describe these things. It's very relatable to me in my journey as well. So yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the sarcasm humor thing. Like, can you tell us about that transformation like where were you at at that point in your life when that type of humor was coming up and kind of how did you transition over into being at a place where you can describe your your humor as like pure and childlike because that's something that you know some people go their their entire lives without finding again their entire adult lives and you've been able to find that again so I would love to hear about that transformation process I feel like there are so many pieces and parts to it um but I think it it boils down to like for me if I'm being sarcastic that there's like a a feeling of like judgment going on inside right or shame or something along those lines um and also like not feeling safe enough to actually express that um and so you know like using sarcasm was a filter almost for me to share what I was really thinking without you know bringing attention to the real issue um, and the humor, right? Obviously adds right into that. Um, it's a coping mechanism, right? Humor yeah. and all that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, over time, right? Like I'll just share this now. I, I physically transitioned, right? And so I grew up female and at 20 years old, um, I I made the decision to um, medically transition. So I, I'm on testosterone. I had top surgery. Um, I have all these things going for me now. Um, and I feel in alignment with who I am and who my soul has always been. Um, and I think that is really what's been the catalyst to me just living in this childlike space. Right. Um, and I would even argue that for a while it was childish. 
right? The first five years of my transition, right? It's like, it's like, imagine going through puberty a second time. Like I get on testosterone and all of a sudden I'm like a 13 year old kid again. Right. And I'm just what like, way? uh, just immature. Um, and still trying to figure myself out, um, and getting into that ego structure of like, who am I? Right. Like who am I individually in this world? Um, and not necessarily in a bad way. Right. But really just trying to figure out myself individually. Um, and so, yeah, it's taken a lot of time for me to like step out of that and step into the space of like being childlike where I'm light and I have fun and I enjoy and I laugh. Um, but I also know that now there's like a line to be drawn, right? Like if we're making fun of somebody, then we don't do that anymore. Right. Like that's just, um, yeah, over time what I've learned. So, um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say too, but ultimately I think it goes back to how I feel about myself. Right. I don't have to use sarcasm anymore because I can just be honest with myself or be honest with the people around me, um, and say straight up like, Hey, this is what's going on for me, you know? So yeah. Um, that's where it's at right now. Mm. So it's kind of like you were using sarcasm as a way to passive aggressively communicate to somebody something. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's yep. cool. Cause I've heard little things about how sarcasm can sarcasm is like a sign of depression or a lot of these imbalances that many people experience and thinking about it, I've never tracked my own humor, but, um, I'm pretty sure I used to be sarcastic and I don't, I'm not anymore. Now that you say it, you know, I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I was still, cause there's just some parts of me that I've kind of let hang out. Cause like, I don't know. There's some parts where I, I kind of like drama once in a while. I kind of like when haters come around and I could like be snippy back to them. There's, there's just little, little pieces of drama that I like to keep in my life so far. Um, yeah. But now, now that you say something, I'm real saying something about this. I realize that I'm really not sarcastic anymore, nor do people come around me anymore who are sarcastic. You know what I mean? Like the people on the dating apps who say they love being sarcastic with their partner we never match I'm never nope. matching with them <laughs> like it, and not even that wasn't even purposeful it just didn't happen so that's I think that's a, such a beautiful observation that you've made about yourself and very deep like it just shows me that you're you you have you have kept care with the hindsight that you've gained throughout this mm -hmm. journey which is fucking sick that's awesome um thank you Okay, so let's let's talk, let's get into your history a little bit more. So you transitioned when you were 20, but I'm sure it was multiple years to yeah. kind of flip everything into a place that felt good for you, right? Yeah, and it wasn't even like, I, I'm trying to think of how I want to describe this. Um, it got to a point where I needed to do what was best for me and I had to stop giving a fuck what everybody else thought about it. Mm. Right. My parents, my family members, my friends, all those like, yes, there's been support, but there's also been right. Like ridicule and jokes and, you know, just all kinds of things. Um, but I had to do it anyway. I was like, I can't not do this. Right. Like my soul is calling me. I need to take that call. <laughs> um, and that's how it felt for me. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I use the word decision earlier. And to me, what I've come to realize is like, I, I haven't made the decision to be trans, I have made the decision to do something about it. 
right? And so like my soul could have been sending me this call my whole life and I could have had the free will to ignore it, right? But I decided to take that call. And so, um, yeah, I think that's really allowed me to to open up and blossom and um, have conversations like this, right? Like just looking at the person I was before and the person I am now, it's like they're two completely different people, right? Um, and so it's just wild to to witness that and living in authenticity for me has been so rewarding and so gratifying. And right. Like we talk about attracting people and who we attract in our lives and stuff like that. It's like the more in alignment I am with myself, the more I attract people like yourself who are also in alignment with themselves. And it's like, I shared this with you earlier, right? Like being trans is less about my experience and more about like my level of consciousness in terms of who I'm around and who I surround myself with. Like I, I can't speak to everybody's experience Right. Um, but the fact that I've been so into self-development for so long, um, I think that really speaks more to my experience than anything else. So I don't know if there's anything else to add there, but yeah. Um, yeah, it still took it did take me a while to to get to that point, though, of sharing like I want to go by this name. I want to be these pronouns. Right. Like or I am these pronouns. Right. Because there's like this peace in society where it's like oh that's who you want to be and it's like no this is who I am <laughs> right um and so yeah I mean it, it took me a while to really be honest with myself about it and then to share it with other people yep yep it all makes so much sense that your how you're expressing yourself and your identity and your transition goes so hand in hand with your fucking self-development journey because at the end of the day I mean I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this but to me it just seems like we're all trying to get to our authentic selves <laughs> we're all trying to get to our authentic selves and find a way to navigate life that feels really meaningful and purposeful and correct and I put correct in quotes for those who are listening and just divine and special and all these words and joyful right so like yeah. when we're boiling it down that's all we're all doing and our paths to do that those of us who are open for change and all that some people they just want to do the same thing and kind of maintain what they have and I think they have a place in this world too but those of us who are kind of as they say, you know, seekers and in the journey and experimenting and searching and going through the self-development process, we're all just trying to get to this place in life where we feel authentic and good and we can connect with something that feels like divine and wholesome. But we all have different journeys to do that. So like in my eyes, it's like, this is just your journey to do that. What do you think? Yeah. No, I agree. And I think the the thing that I've come to understand is like, I, I like part of my purpose, I feel like here on earth is to remind people of their own humanity, right? Of like, yes, like you said, there are different paths to get to the same place, but ultimately we're all going to the same place, right? Um, and when you break down all of these barriers and all of these labels and all of this other shit that divides us, we're all just people. We all just want to experience joy and have a good time and be around people that care for us, that love us, that are able to respect our boundaries, right? Like that is all that all of us want. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's such a beautiful thing, diversity, um, right? Skin color, religion, 
queerness, not queerness, whatever it is, um, it's all beautiful because it adds to the whole, right? Um, and it would be so boring if we all looked the same. It would be so boring if we all drove the same car. Life would suck, <laughs> right? And so like mixing it up a little bit is kind of exciting, right? Like there's a little bit of chaos in there um, and there's a divine order in all of that too. Um, at least I believe that. So um, yeah, it's just nice to to be on this journey and to be around people that see me for who I am as opposed to where I've been. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And that so gorgeously said, and that is my exact approach to life too and how I look at people. <laughs> like you put it into amazing words. I'm probably gonna chop that up and put it at the beginning of our episode because that was just awesome. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we're all just fucking people going through life, trying to like be in a spot it's that simple. feels good for us. It's so yeah. simple. It's so simple, you know, and it looks complicated sometimes from day to day, but it, it just, it, it, I think it can be even more simple than we realize as far as relating to people goes, you know, like, yeah, oh, right. you like, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, right. Like I think about being at a concert, right. When you're at a concert with 50,000 other people, you don't care who's Republican and who's Democrat and who's this and who's that. You're just there having a grand old time. Yeah. Like that is what I want to express to people. Like, exactly. Let go of the labels. Look at the human being, the soul that's right in front of you and acknowledge them and share something with, right? Like hug them. I don't know, whatever it is. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's so simple, but so difficult sometimes. So exactly. yeah, this idea of like, we're different so we can't relate. That's like, there's so there's such an adventure in trying to relate to people who are different than you. And like you said, it would be so boring if we didn't have that opportunity. And for me, what the, the first thing that comes to mind when I meet people who are different than me, I mean, of course I have my own annoyances too and triggers that I need to work through. Like people that don't seem authentic to me, I'm like, I don't want to have right. you on the podcast, sorry. But probably I would learn a lot if I had them on the fucking podcast, right? Um, <laughs> But, but most of the time, 90% of the time when I meet someone that's different than me, I'm like, ooh, what can I learn about you? Like, tell me about your life and what you're interested in and all of that. So it's amazing this outlook that you have. And I think, I think like your, your place as a messenger with this message, we need it so much right now. We need it so much. So how did you find self-development? trauma <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um where do I even start um I took psychology classes in high school um and there aren't many classes that really stuck with me but that's one that I interact with every single day of my life and so it's stuck with me every single day of my life right um and you know I kind of got away from it for a while and then I think really like 20 19 I mean I've always been this like messenger as you say right this person that's like look on the bright side of things right like I can look back at my Instagram and I can see positive messages of like you know you got one day what are you going to do with it that kind of stuff right um but really I think in 2019 I started meditating in the morning um and then in 2020 when everything was shut down I lived out in Standale out in the country um and I just found Abraham Hicks and I really got into that um and you know I've I've had to find this balance of like 
like feminine and masculine energies when it comes to personal development, right? Um, Because being the person that I am, right, I'm what they would call cis passing. And so if you see me out in the street, you have no idea that I'm trans, right? Um, Cisgender is like you're what's in your pants matches what's is it what's in your mind right in, in terms of your identity right and so um it's when it comes to i'm trying to think of where i was going to go with that too um it's very easy for me as a male to step into that like aggressive self-development role of like i need to hit my goals and i need to really you know like I, god <laughs> i can feel it boiling inside me um, and that has not been helpful for me. Right. Um, so I've really had to find this like feminine approach to like, yeah, I have goals. I see them. I also have a day-to-day life. I have bills to pay. Right. And so like, how do we marry those two? Um, and so I would say it's been all of my twenties that I've been really into self-development. Um, and you know, just like you shared right before we started, I think about, you know, always having coaches and programs and stuff like that. Like I feel like over the last five to eight years I've had somebody there to support me in whatever way you know mentally mostly um so yeah I just I'm always curious I'm always questioning I'm always wondering um you know I grew up in chaos and so a lot of my childhood was spent asking why is this happening what is happening where is this coming from why are my parents living different lives why are they experiencing these things why are you know like I always um, idolized celebrities growing up. And the question that I'm still asking myself today is what did they do? That's different than what am I, what I'm doing? Like, how are they different than me? Right? Like how, what, what did they do to get to where they're at? Right. Mm. Um, and so those are just the questions that I just naturally have just asked myself my whole life. So I think intuitively it's been happening forever, but, <laughs> but consciously it's been happening since I was in my 20, early twenties. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh my God. That's very interesting. It just sounds similar to my journey with self-development. I I like how you describe things. It's very relatable to me. So how did you find the vitalist school, which is for those who don't know where Jay, is that where you trained to become a coach or were you already a coach when you found the vitalist school? Yep. So I'd already had my own coaching practice when I found the school, but um, I learned that the Vitalist School is a really great way for me to deepen my practice um, and do more body-based work as opposed to like a talk therapy type thing. So, okay. So what, what drove you to start your own coaching practice, just doing the self-development thing and loving it? Yeah. Um, I worked at an office for an automotive supplier for five years. I worked in the company for five years, but I worked in the office for like two years training. And just the longer I was there, the more miserable I became. Mm. Um, I was like, this is just not it for me. I just can't do this. Um, and so I finally ended up quitting my job and I was, it was in 2020. Um, and my mom had asked me like, have you ever thought about being a life coach? And I was like, mm, no, didn't know I could do that. <laughs> um, but right. Like I looked into it and I didn't need to be certified. I didn't need to go to school. I was like, great. I don't want to go to school. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> um, you know? And so from there, I just started doing like coach trainings and stuff like that. And then right around that time is when I hired Casey and, um, Casey joy, the queer priestess. Um, she's great at what she does and she's helped me through, God, so much. I can't even, I don't have words to describe the support and the space that she's provided. Um, But I um, originally went to her, you know, looking for advice, looking for how can I be a coach? What can I do? You know, but not realizing I had trauma to work through and healing to do. And so 
um, yeah, I was working on my own business when I found the Vitalist School and she went through it too. So she recommended it to me. Um, and, and yeah, through the Vitalist, like I said earlier, I've been able to deepen my practice and work on more body-based things and somatic, you know, sensations and things like that to get really past the cognitive thinking mind because that only works for us for so long. Um, so yeah, it's been really transformational um, for me going through Vitalist School. Amazing. So Casey Joy has a podcast episode with us and I'll link that in the show notes. How did you meet Casey? Yeah. So at the office that I worked at, um, yeah. So Casey's partner, Avery, um, I met Avery in 2015 at the factory that we worked at together. Um, and we were just working together for the last, I don't know, five years or so. Um, and then when I had mentioned to my coworkers that I was becoming a life coach, one of my coworkers was like, oh, did you meet um, Avery's wife, Casey? She's a life coach. And I'm like, oh, oh no, I don't. I've not met her. Um, and so it was really like a friend of a friend kind of a thing. Um, and so, yeah, it was really serendipitous in my mind. Um, but yeah, it was really just connections. It was fucking amazing. It's a, it's wild to think how long I've known the two of them. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm trying to find a plug. I just like went to this new property and I'm being distracting. But isn't that crazy that you guys met like that? And of course, it's like in the spiritual community, man, it's so crazy how you can meet people and um, in the in the most unlikely situations. And you're like, oh, my God, I just met you. And like we have like you are clearly meant to be in my life. And this was such a random thing. Yes. Yes. I love it so much. It's, it's, you know, what most people would call a miracle, but I'm just like, this is just everyday life. This is how it's supposed to be, you know? So it's mm. cool to tap. That's so true. Life can be magical. Life, life is yeah. magical. It's just like, we have to see it and kind of like ask for it, you know, ask for it in a way of like, be open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, all of this shit is a miracle, right? Being alive here, having this conversation with you is a fucking miracle. Yeah. <laughs> how the fuck did we get here? <laughs> you know? Exactly. How do we Amazing. get here? And it happens so naturally. And it just happened, you know? <laughs> it just happened. Um, I love it. Okay, so... <sighs> what does it look like to work with you as a coach? Yeah, so... Um... Right now I have a couple different um, offerings and um, one of them would be like a six month package, right? And so it would look like weekly calls. Um, I With doing the somatic work, I do prefer to do that in person, but it is possible to do it online. Um, and it would be weekly calls, um, unlimited, you know, communication between sessions. Um, we would, you know, start out by really building that foundation of safety so that we have um, a space to move from when we start moving into the traumatic things, right? And so um, really it's it's a lot of looking at the trauma that we've been through, the things that we've experienced that maybe um, we've ignored or we've tried to use substances to cope with, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, I, the words that are coming up in my mind right now are going into the depths, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I would say the first, I haven't really quantified this yet, but I would say the first like a month or so is really more about setting that foundation of safety, right? Like 
if you don't feel safe, and I don't know if Casey shared this here, but she shared it with me plenty of times. Of like, if you don't feel safe in a relationship, it's going to be really hard to do the deep inner work, right? Like that's just the reality of it. Um, and so that's a big thing for me is making sure people feel safe. And I, I'm going to blow my own horn here and say, I feel like I'm pretty natural at doing that anyway. <laughs> um, but right. Other people coming into this don't necessarily know that. And so, um, so yeah, building a foundation of safety and then, you know, just kind of stepping into each little situation as it comes up, right. If you, if someone gets triggered, we'll look at that and then get curious about it. And, you know, work with that as much as we can cognitively and bodily um, until it maybe it feels like too much or, you know, they've worked through enough to process for a couple of weeks or whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's usually six month packages, what I provide. Um, but I also have been doing um, four, I think they're four month packages. Um, and that's strictly just the somatic stuff. Um, and so that would be less talking and more just like sitting with the body and working together. And now those are in-person sessions. Um, but yeah, those are the two offerings that I have right now. Okay. Wait, so just talk, wait, just talking or do you do breath work stuff with people too? Breath work. Um, so I haven't tapped into the breath work part yet. Um, I, you know, I'm able to get people into a meditative state and work on the sensations that are happening in their body. Ooh. Um, yeah, which is always really fascinating because it allows for like a creative flow um, of like, what does this sensation feel like? What does it, you know, sound like? What is the texture? Whatever it is, right? And there's no right or wrong answer to any of those questions. It's just whatever comes up for the for the client. So, um, but yeah, as far as the breathwork thing goes, I'm still trying to figure out how to integrate that in my coaching. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but it sounds, it does sound transformational. It sounds very transformational. And just, just to be able to like, how important are those skills are to be able to like, when you're feeling uncomfortable, like, I think they call it resourcing, like being able to having the skills or like healthy coping, like having the skills to work through these tough moments instead of just doing the same shit that you usually do. You know what I'm saying? Like leave it like the, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you studied in the vitalist Institute, the like leaving pattern, the five personality types. And um, I'm sure, I don't know really that much about it yet. Cause I haven't studied. I've just had people around the vitalist Institute tell me about it. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds familiar with how I behave. Like basically you guys, it's like, you know, when you get uncomfortable or when, when, just a certain amount of time has just, it's a pattern of leaving. And <laughs> I'm sure everyone can fill in the blanks there. Um, but like things like that, being able to notice yourself and notice what consistencies come up, it sounds, it, to me, it sounds quite simple, but I know that it's not when you actually get into these moments of heavy resistance. Um, and yeah, you are, I, I love that you said that you, you generally are like a safe person for people because that was something I noticed about you right away. <laughs> Yeah, it's um I there was something that you mentioned too that I wanted to touch on a little bit of right like in terms of like coping mechanisms, right? Like going through an overwhelming situation and getting to a space where you can just use your breath to resource, like that is a process in itself, right? Cuz our bodies are so used to when we're in overwhelm going to substances, going to food, going to whatever it is, right? And so there first has to be an awareness of oh, this is what I'm doing. And then the decision to not do that, that's a whole, that could be six months right there. <laughs> right? Exactly. So or longer. It's, it's like, yeah. we're, it, it's sneaky. Our subconscious is so sneaky when we get uncomfortable. Like 
I don't do drugs anymore or alcohol. Um, and I know that I have other ways of uh, coping in strange, strange patterns. And I don't, I can't quite put my, it's so subtle because it's not as, as clear as like, oh, I'm going to go to the bar and drink now, or I'm going to go do drugs now, or I'm going to like binge eat. None of that is in my life anymore, which yay, amazing. But at the same time, it's like, I know there are other patterns there where I'm like, ooh, that's, mm, that's like really subtle. And that's why it helps so much you guys to have a spiritual coach or a guide to help you through that. Um, and then Jay, you also like the way that you would describe yourself is a queer life coach and somatic practitioner. So for our audience who's listening and watching right now, or they will be, how would you describe that? Like, so you're a queer life coach. Is that just you help the folks in that community? Do you have like specific protocols as a queer life coach? Hmm. Yeah, so um, I would say that my specialty is the queer community, right? Because I've been in it for the last, I don't know, 10 plus years. Um, and so that's where most of my experience has come from. Um, and so that's primarily who I work with, but that's not only who I work with, right? And so like, if I mean, anyone can experience trauma, right? And so as long as they're willing and open to looking at it with somebody and feel supported in that, like I'm willing to work with them. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like a specialty is the queer community um, just because I know firsthand what it's like, right? Um, yeah, so that's how I would really describe that. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then somatic practitioner. Somatic just means the body, right? Yes, yep. yeah. So your somatic being is like your body, like the the way I've been able to like, put it together in my mind is like, and this is, know, it's a whole thing, but anyways, um, it's like, it almost feels like my body is the unconsciousness, right? Like the unconscious things in my mind, like manifest in my body. Right. And so like really getting into the body and like feelings and the sensations that are happening, um, through breath work, through, um, somatic practicing. I don't know if that's a word. Um, <laughs> But right, just like feeling into that, that is um, all, yeah, somatic based is all body, body stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is like what you were saying about when we get into uncomfortable places, if we know wh what to feel and how to like calm ourselves down, which is part of your expertise, we can start to feel interesting places where there might be energy trapped and where trauma might be living to kind of tap into. Yeah. So like I would recommend, right. Like just getting curious about whatever's coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Like, you know, you were kind of putting your hand like on your shoulder. So like, if you have like a weird tightness in your shoulder, right? It's just getting curious about that. And, you know, it's really building a relationship with your body, right? Because there's the mind body connection, right? Um, and so getting curious about that feeling and like, asking it, like, what are you trying to show me? Or, you know, um, in some cases, right, too, it's like a feeling that you've had for a long time. And it's like, okay, when's the first time you felt that feeling, right? And so like, you know, for me in my stomach, sometimes I'll get a drop feeling, right? I don't know. I'm sure most people experience that where it's like you get scared or, you know, you're on the, in the car and you slip on ice and you get that feeling in your stomach. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just 
becoming aware of that and getting curious about that um, is a really great way to just start getting in touch with the somatic part of your being. Mm -hmm. Do you have a tip for when you are doing that or you're going through this process with a coach? Because I've had coaches in the past who have led me through sim a similar experience to what you were describing, but like a little bit different. Like I've done some weird spiritual stuff in my self-development journey. And what goes through my head when I'm like kind of getting to this place of like asking my body what it needs from me and asking my body for like answers, I guess, for lack of a better word, my, I just feel like my head gets in the way, like a couple answers come up or like there's a first answer that comes up, but I'm like, I don't even know if that's really true. Do you, have you experienced that? And do you, or have your clients before? Yeah. Um, so I have experienced that and, you know, sometimes I'll ask a question and I'll get multiple answers, just like you said. Yeah. Um, so what I've done and what I would, you know, share with others is like, breathing into the question a little bit more right and like really allowing like for me I think the answer will continuously come up right and so like I don't know if the question is what should I eat for dinner and you hear a burrito like over and over and over and over again right then then that just go with that answer right maybe you heard a, you know maybe you should have breakfast for dinner, you know, maybe that was another answer, right? But it's like the one thing that keeps coming back up. Um, that is what I would, you know, that's what I go for. Um, but really just like breathing into um, the stillness, right? And asking the question and just waiting for an answer to come up and going with the first answer that you hear. And if that, and then really like feeling into that answer, right? Like, if the first answer that comes up gives you that drop in your stomach, then maybe that's not the right one, right? And so then just sitting back into the question mm -hmm. and getting an answer and feeling into that answer, right? Um, and one thing that I've recognized for myself is like, like, if something's in alignment with me, I will actually feel like a feeling of energy coming from my stomach up, up to my chest. And if it's not in alignment, it'll drop down, right? Ooh. And so like... That's how I, I've come to to really um, build that relationship with asking questions. It's just feeling that feeling in my core, feeling that energy moving through. Mm, cool. Oh, that's awesome. I love when I hear that people can, they have like a tell, you know, to see if something is kind of intuitively right. I haven't found that yet, but it's so inspiring to hear you talk about it. And it's a, it's one that I hadn't heard before. So that's cool. Yeah. And it takes practice, right? Like being in the world that we're in, right? Like we're always being told to, you know, give our attention and our time and our energy to other people. Um, and that can make it really difficult for us to feel our core. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just, just, yeah. Starting with something simple. Should I have a grilled cheese for lunch? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this feeling like what is going on in my body when I ask that question. So, yeah. Totally. It was a chicken sandwich and fries for me today. We haven't gotten <laughs> it yet, but hopefully soon. Literally, that was my one intuitive thing for today, for real. Like I was, I was driving back from the farm. I got get my raw milk on Fridays, driving back from the farm. Like I really want a chicken sandwich and fries. So I know that's going to happen soon. Um, <laughs> okay. So what do you think? Can we talk about sex? We can. 
I am really, I don't talk about it a lot, but I know I've seen it on your Instagram stories pretty often. (laughs) (laughs) It's now part of my brand and I have to be honest with you, I kind of love that. Um, So I can just ask you questions and then you can just decide if you want to respond or not, if that sounds good to you. Sounds great. We can explore it together because I always tell people that I'm like, I, I talk a big game when it comes to sex, but really I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. And that's why I want to, I'm like such a like vanilla girl in the bedroom. And I, uh, I, I like to ask questions about it because I don't know that much about it. I haven't had connective sex really that much in my life. So yeah, actually, I feel like that opens up this conversation because I haven't either. So I feel safe already with that. That's great. Amazing. Cool. We can explore together. Yes. Um, so what was it like to like how what was it like? to have your transition and then experience yourself sexually in your body like was it what what was the experience like for you yeah well um a couple things come up I think um I've had to um remind myself that I am fully a man as I am right um and I have like you said earlier like I also have not had a connective relationship with anybody in terms of like sexually or romantically really um and so I haven't really experienced a whole lot of getting off with other people um and so I've really had to explore it all on my own which is great right I'm safe for myself which is cool you know it does allow me to explore quite a bit Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, I when I first transitioned, when I first started my transition at 20, um, I was in a relationship with someone who then transitioned during our relationship, which for me brought up the question of, do I want to be with the man, right? And so I was able to explore that as well. And ultimately, no, I don't. <laughs> um, but right, there's this, I'm just going to out myself here. And it's co- what I'm calling penis envy. Um, and that is like, I... I've engaged in sexual interactions with cisgender men. Um, I've watched gay porn, things like that, all because I want what they have, not because I want to experience what they're experiencing. Does that make sense? Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's taken a lot of questioning and a lot of what is going on. Why do I do these things? Um, And so, yeah, it's been really mostly like a solo journey <laughs> um but it's been a really liberating one too right like I think about um the trauma that I've been through right because I have sexual trauma from childhood um and realizing how, how now that actually allows me to get a little kinky with myself which is great I love it it's awesome right can you expand um, on that yeah so um like I said earlier right with other with partners um I haven't felt safe and so I haven't been able to get into that vulnerable place of just completely letting go with somebody mm-hmm. um I can now get there with myself and um I I've I've taken a lot of the shame out of being trans out of getting off out of all of that right and so when I take the shame and the guilt out of it um 
then it allows me to explore a little bit more. I'm like, what do I like? What would make this a little bit more exciting for me, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, yeah, it's just been, um, yeah, one little step at a time. And I don't know, it's been really, it's liberating. This is the only word I can really think of to describe it. Um, yeah. So do you feel like it's been more of a, like explorative process rather than something where you're like oh my god yes I'm a man now hot I can go have like amazing sex with people like in this in the way that I've wanted to like where do you feel like you're at in that spectrum yeah um so I I'm what I would consider I would consider what they call let me see this one more time I would consider myself to be what they call demisexual which means I can't have sex with somebody unless I have a connection with them, which oh. to me, that's basic. Like that seems to make sense, but mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah. So I haven't really explored with other people a whole lot rather than right. Like when my ex and I broke up and then I was like on grinder and looking, looking for some sort of, you know, something to fill the void that I was feeling. Um, and that wasn't really from a genuine place. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but ultimately, yeah, it's been a lot of, um, me just um yeah exploring on my own yeah yeah an explorative process oh I can't let go either in bed even like I had a recent interaction where I was like oh my god luckily it was with someone who's like so great like there's no one that I get intimate with without me like trust like overall trusting them having such a good vibe knowing that they're gonna like be super sweet to me and all that but like even just like cuddling with someone, I'm like, oh my God, I can't relax because I'm like worried about how I'm looking and doing like the stereotypical women thing. And I talked to him about it and he was like, guys do that too, you know? But I think girls are just more like, I don't know. It's more like blatant. It's more obvious with women that we're just like, oh, do I look? How do I look? I hope this person's okay. And it's kind of like the mother, least the stereotypical motherly mothering thing. Anyway, I just can't wait until I can like let go in bed with someone else. Ugh. Yeah. And that's like, right. I, I don't know. I, and I, I've often gotten curious about it. Right. Cause I don't, I'm not actively dating. I'm not looking around. I'm not seeking anybody. Right. Like I, I feel that there's an alignment that's taking place with me right now with my partner that I of my choosing, right? Whoever she may be somewhere. Um, but I'm not like on apps. I'm not trying to hook up with people. I'm not having people over like I, that. I just can't. That feels traumatic to me. <laughs> it feels like a lot of expended energy and a lot of like, you know, just letting all of my energy out and letting other people's energy in. And it's just like, I'm very particular about who I allow in that space. Um, especially because I haven't felt safe in that space with other people. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it, it definitely takes a lot of discernment and a lot of, um, I think self trust for me, um, and self, um, what's the word, um, not regulation, but self-control. No, I don't think that's the word, but yeah, ultimately just trusting myself and knowing that um, the process is going to unfold how it unfolds and I can't control it, but I know what I can do. And that is um, hold that vision in my mind of what it would be like or what it will be like when I do get to let go in bed and just like, oh God, it's going to be so great. I know, <laughs> I can't so wait. I, honestly... I don't, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it feels like the more in alignment I become with myself, the better my orgasms are. 
right? Yeah. Like the more authentic I am, the more fun I have in bed by myself, right? Like it's so much fun to just do it by myself and not have to worry about like, what do they think about this? Do they think this is weird, right? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm getting as freaky weird as possible because <laughs> yeah. I can't. That's great. Um, so yeah, but it's it's interesting how there's that connection between like authenticity and kinkiness. <laughs> yeah, because we have to relax in order to like fully enjoy ourselves always, you know, like fully enjoy ourselves. We, well, of course, there are people that like, they thrive when things aren't relaxing. You know, there's like that some people have that connection. But for, for most of us, overall, we're going to have such a well-rounded experience if we're relaxed and if we're accepting and we're not thinking about all this stuff, like, is this okay? You know? Um, and it, to me, what it sounds like is you're practicing for when you are with someone else. Like it, it sounds like it's like levels with you, you know, like yeah. I'm going to get really comfortable by myself and let myself fully be myself. And then pretty soon, like it'll start sounding really good to let somebody into the space and create that with someone else too. Right. Do you feel that way too? I love that you use that word practicing. Yeah. Cause um, I do feel that it is a practice. Like it's, it is constantly me getting, um, getting closer to myself, right? Like physically uh, and getting curious about how does my body operate? What's happening? What, what do I like? Right. Like it took me so long. I remember even just like at the beginning of my coaching journey, like just the simple question of what do you need? Like I couldn't figure that out. I was like, I don't fucking know. Not only sexually, but just in general. Right. Um, and so now to know that it's okay for me to have certain needs in bed um, and it's okay for me to express those needs and act those needs out. Like, like I said earlier, like taking the shame out of it, I think is really what's done it for me. Um, so yeah, it's been really powerful. It's, it's a very liberating experience to get weird. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? In all senses of the word. Yeah. Um, why? Okay. So, so you're not looking for anyone else because it just sounds traumatic and exhausting and like not fun for you right now. Um, so are you just kind of waiting until it does start to sound good to start pursuing someone else? Yeah. So, um, the story that I'm sticking to right now is that I'm just going to follow my path and we're going to align when it, the time is right. Like I can't, I don't feel, um, like to me going out and searching for somebody feels like paddling upstream in a river. Right. I don't need to do that. It's like, I had to remind myself, like, it's something to relax into. Like you said earlier, right? Like Ooh. that full Right. Um, and I had that realization a couple of weeks ago at Vitalist, actually, like it's something to relax into. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, because for me, going out and searching for somebody on a dating app, for instance, doesn't feel like an authentic behavior of mine. It feels like I'm doing it because society does it. And that's what we're supposed to do. Mm. Right. Whereas for me, I'm like, no, I want to follow my genuine soul's path. And somewhere along the line, right, like I looked this up about soulmates and stuff, and it's like, you'll be in a situation that you can't avoid. Right. And so it's like, who knows what that could be? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like just kind of keeping my feelers open, but not like attaching to any specific person. Right. Um, and just allowing myself to flow with life and allow it to take me where it's going to take me. And then all of a sudden, boom, there she's going to be. And then we're going to flow together. So, yeah. yeah. 
I love that. Oh, relaxing into it. That's amazing. And that's what everybody says. You know, they're like, I found my partner when, you know, some people look for it and they find it, but some people, a lot, I would say a lot of people find their partner when they're like super open, but not like trying to force however they're going to happen. It's like how you and Casey met, right? Like you couldn't have tried to make that happen. It just fucking happened. Like there are times I think where we can intentionally connect with a community, but like, if we have a lot of, trust me, I've learned this the hard way. If we have a lot of pressure around finding our partner, it just, for me, it just got me into fucked up situations. Like, uh, I'm like exhausted with it right now. So that's why my hands are up, you know, but before I was exhausted, my, I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be obsessing over this, but I, I am who I am. So I, at this point in time, so I'm just going to obsess over it. And then eventually I got exhausted. Cause I was like, meeting people that I was like, whoa, this is not healthy at all. And I'm like, kind of weirded out that I attracted this person into my life. Cause like I do much, so much work. And that is weird to me that they kind of came across my life. And, um, and now I'm at a place where I'm like, whatever, like whatever. But I, I love taking action. Cause I, part of my life journey has been to like find my masculine, not like try to calm my masculine down. So like, it's kind of the opposite for me than what you said. Like, if I kind of, um, if I kind of like, they say lean into the masculine, even though I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do any kind of action or whatever, then that kind that will, that will help me. But, um, okay. So what is it? just stop me if you don't like this question, but I'm just so curious. Like, is it amazing to have male anatomy? I'm kind of, I've had dreams about it and it sounds awesome. Yeah. So, um, I, and this is where I'm going to out myself again. I'll just say it out loud. Um, I have not had what they call bottom surgery. Oh, Um, okay. So yeah. Um, so I don't know what it's like. Um, I, I do have what's called a packer, um, which is just a prosthetic that I put in my pants um, and it gives the look right to the outside world. Not that anyone's paying attention anyways, you know, I've had anxiety about all this shit. So yeah, um, right? but no one's paying attention. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like. I mean, I do kind of because it's like, like I put my packer on for the first time and I was like, it just feels like there's something in my pocket. Like, Oh, <laughs> so weird. I was like, this is, this is strange, but it was interesting because I think it, it desexualized uh, the penis for me, which I thought was really interesting. I was like, it's actually kind of boring to have this, <laughs> you know, like after a while, it just, is just, is what it is, you know, it, yeah. there's nothing special about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the closest I've gotten to it. Right. Understanding that, that sensation and that feeling. Um, but yeah, it definitely felt like there was something in my pocket for a while. Yeah, I totally get that. Oh my God. That's so interesting. Um, do you want to have bottom surgery? I think at some point, um, it's far too expensive right now. And there's, it's like anywhere from 10 to $30,000 and anywhere from seven to 13 surgeries. So no, we're not, I'm good right now. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, it's why I'm where I'm at. Um, and that's okay with me, right? Like I had top surgery and that was $7,000, right? Um, and that's just a double mastectomy. That's all that is. 
Um, but it was still expensive enough for me to go into debt. So, um, but yeah, I th think at some point, you know, it will get to a point where I'm just like, okay, this is, this has to change. Right. Um, and right now I'm just like, I think one thing that I, I see in what I, what I'm working with right now is like this deep connection to the divine, right? Like when we think of like cisgender women bodies, like you have a portal in your body that brings life onto this earth. Whoa. <laughs> wild right yeah and so i still have that in my body also and i can still bring life onto this earth and that's a really powerful thing to just be like oh take it out right like no i ooh, <laughs> it's a lot so yeah. um, there's a lot of uh contemplation and um thought and just you know and i know it's not true but i think one thing one rabbit hole that i've gone down is like i worry that i won't have that deep sense of connection with the divine if I go through a surgery like that um and I know that's not true right the divine is constantly all over the place but um there is something really special about having that so um so yeah that's where I'm at right now I, I'm not looking at surgery anytime soon right right oh I love that I love that it is so special and it's cool. I, I just like your approach to this. It's like, we're, we're, it's a special place at every point in our journey. Like every, there's something to enjoy at every point in our journey, no matter how you want to look at that. Mm -hmm. In every context, it's so true. There are special moments in every point. Um, yeah. I just love it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to repeat that. You're more than welcome to. Um, <laughs> that was great. Um, no, but I think it's important for me to share too, right? Just because I am who I am, where I'm at in my journey. It's like, just because I'm comfortable answering these questions doesn't mean every trans person that you meet is going to be comfortable answering these questions, right? Um, and I've had to go through many situations where people ask questions like this but from a place of feeding their ego and it's really uncomfortable for both parties, I would argue. Um, and so, yeah, like just really like bringing mindfulness into the conversation um, is just the message that I want to share with that. Um, Cause yeah, even for me, I don't always want to share this with everybody. It's really, it's a really difficult thing to share. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just what I wanted to add there. Yeah. I like that. And I think, um, I think that's something that we, everybody thinks about on both sides when we're trying to connect, you know, not like it's one side or the other, but like when someone is asking somebody else, something very personal, um, it's always something that both people think about as like, this could be uncomfortable for one person or the other. And I want to, you know, like, so I'm just, I think it'll be easier for me to talk about it. Like just in my place right now, I'm like, I want to talk about the stuff that I always love to talk about with my guests, you know, but also it's not like I'm talking to my guests about transitions all the time. So there's that part of your journey that I want the world to know more about. And for us to be able to connect on a, like a, I, it, it sounds weird, but a sexual level in a way, that's kind of what I like to do with my guests as weird as it is. And some of my guests are like married and, and, you know, it's, it's in the most respectful way, but I, I love when we can open up about sex. 
Um, but of course, you know, I think about it too. I'm like, well, I don't want Jay to feel any weird way or put on the spot in a weird way. But at the same time, I also want to like treat you as a serious guest and, and, you know, someone who I can really connect with and feel comfortable with and make feel comfortable and, um, you know, treat you as like, you know, in a way, any of my other guests where I just ask them these sharp questions out of nowhere and we see what they say, you know? So like, what would, do you have any thoughts on this or any, any, yeah, I guess thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience about how we can better approach conversations like these to be like thoughtful to the other person or is there anything is there any takeaways that you've learned in your journey where you're like it feels really good when someone asks me a question like this or just doesn't ask me about something or like is there any any perspective that you want to share on that note yeah I think um ultimately for me in my experience I hear people's energy before I hear their words. Yeah. Right. So if you're asking me, how do you have sex? And you're like a dick about it. Right. Or if you're, you have a weird ass energy about it, then I know you're not coming from a genuine place. Um, and so my, I guess my piece would be um, just being mindful of the energy around it. And like, why, why do you want to know about this? And is this something that you can just Google? Do you have to invade somebody's personal space in order to get this question answered? from your own curiosity or your own whatever it is that you want to know about, right? Um, that would be my big thing to share with people is just being mindful of the energy behind your words. Because um, that, I think in my experience, that's what I've picked up on the most. And maybe it's just because I'm like an empathetic person. I don't know. Um, but I hear that much louder than I hear the questions, right? Like I even have reflected back on my journey when I first started transitioning. Um, and I don't remember what people said, but I know they were dicks about it, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, I, I can pick up on that. And so I would imagine, right? Like I, I love, I think one thing I love about the queer community is that at some level, we are all very self-aware, right? Yeah. Because we have to, we have to listen to that inner voice before we listen to the outside world in order to just come out, right? Like that is an intuitive process. Um, and so if I'm feeling this way, I'm going to guess that a lot of other trans people feel the same way in terms of feeling the energy, whether they know that consciously or not, I don't know. Um, that's, you know, their own journey, but um, yeah, the energy behind the words is really crucial. So like I said, yeah, if you can Google it, just Google it. <laughs> I want to, I'm curious about that too, because so I'm curious if you mean like the Googleable stuff is like what goes into the surgery, all the technical stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you <clears throat> trying to think of how I want to answer this question. Um, yeah. Like if you have someone in your life that's trans and you want to know if they've had like bottom surgery or something, um, I would, I would most of the time guess that they're probably not comfortable answering that question. Um, and right. It is a very personal thing to ask. Um, it's just like if I were to ask you, hey, remember that time when this thing happened that was really traumatic for you? Can you talk to me about that? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, no, thank you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people on the internet now who are documenting their transitions, right? And so like going on YouTube and watching other people share their journeys, um, you know, from a space of openness 
and open-mindedness. You know, there are people that document their bottom surgeries. There are people that document their shots, their, their testosterone shots or estrogen shots even, right. For trans women. Um, and so, yeah, just like looking that stuff up, um, in whatever way you can. And, um, yeah, just, you know, if you, if there are questions that people have for people in their lives, or even for me, just like coming to it with an open mind, as opposed to, you know, feeding the ego that's the only way I can describe it yep yep it's very clear like what's the intent <laughs> what I have to check in with myself on that just in in other topics in life a lot what's my intent here <laughs> am I being like snippy or am I like just genuinely curious and it's interesting because wh whenever I I mean my favorite thing to talk about on my podcast is sensitive topics just because I think it's great for us to be able to connect on those. Cause I think people, the majority of people in this world, because they're not comfortable talking about it, there is a stunt of growth in that area because they can't connect with community about it. Cause they're scared to, or, you know, they're like nervous to, or they don't even want to like touch that because it's uncomfortable. And I just think if I can get people on the podcast who are willing to share whatever they can about these sensitive topics and just even sex, even just sex, Jay, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard for people to talk about. And part of what, what works well in my Instagram community with all the sex stuff is like, it's, it's fairly anonymous, you know, so people can share their stories anonymously. Um, but, but my, what I'm getting at is my favorite thing to talk about here is the sensitive stuff, because I think that's where a lot of our growth can be, you know, when we explore these topics. Um, and one thing that when this topic comes up of like, is it okay that I'm asking this? How do you feel about this? Are you comfortable with me asking you these uncomfortable questions? What everyone so far has basically said, well, I can tell that your energy feels good to me, Emily. And that's why I'm going to respond. And there's something in me that can kind of like feel that from you right now, Jay. Right. So like there are some guests I have on that. I don't ask any of these questions because the vibes are like, I'm really unsure if they would be cool with that. And it, it pretty much seems like no, they wouldn't be cool with that. So we don't even go there. Like I, sometimes I ask many questions and my guest is just so clearly like, no, we like it energetically. No. So then we don't go there. So anyway, I just think, I think that energetic aspect is so, so important. And I'm someone who like, I like to hear an experience from somebody's mouth instead of like what Google says, but what you're saying about YouTube and checking out other people's journeys from their mouths. That's like, that's so legit. You know, that's, it's not, yeah. it's not like, it's not like Wikipedia-ing. It's like checking out somebody's journey from their perspective. Yeah, for sure. And right, like for me, it stands out um, if somebody does their research, right? Before mm -hmm. asking a personal question, you know, like if someone comes up to me and they might not even give me a backstory of like, I've been looking into this stuff and I'm curious about this thing, right? They might just, the way that their language is and the way that their energy is, like that's another part too, is the language that you use, right? Like that mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. Um, like I can just sense that someone's done research based on the words that they use and the energy that they have. Um, and so, yeah. And I also just want to share too, like, I love that you're talking about sex so openly because I feel like the reason that there's so many issues with it, right. Whether it's intimate relationships or, 
childhood trauma sexually, like all that shit, right, is happening because we don't talk about it, <laughs> right? Like it's taboo. It's like, oh, don't talk about that, right? And it's like, that is not helping us. <laughs> so we got to change something, you know? And I think openly talking about it is such a, it, it's a revolution and it's going against everything that we were taught. And I think that is world changing. So mm. see that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it means so much to me too. I mean, th that's how my family was like, don't talk about it. Don't even hint at it. Cause we're going to hint back like that's shameful. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is why sex is like really hard for me. But really, it's like such a natural, beautiful thing that we can like celebrate. And yeah, and just, yeah, to connect on it, like we're not alone. I think we all just assume that we're alone in what we're interested in, in what makes us uncomfortable. And at the end of the day, we're fucking not. We're never alone with what we experience. There's always someone else that can vibe with us and, you know, understand in some level what we're going through so like yeah I agree it's so important and thank you thank you for like just you know being so open to answering these questions and it just I know that that makes a huge impact too with every all the different types of people that are listening to this you know so I asked you to come on this podcast right after you told me that you appreciated my approach to like carnivorous eating because you were in a men's group that was, sounds like it was traumatic. That was another trauma that happened. So can you tell us about that experience? Yeah. Um, I guess up until I watched some of your videos, my perception of raw diet or raw eating was very aggressive and very, Ugh, like just, I, it's the same like boiling of my blood that happened earlier in this call like I just can't do it um and so like just to witness you come on the internet and like talk about something so like primal right from a space of like an open heart I was just like this is new Ooh. this is interesting Ooh. right um because yeah I up until that point it was very aggressive and very like real men do this, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just like, whoa, calm down, stop, slow down the testosterone. Like you're going to be all right, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of like flipped my perspective on, on its head. Um, and I was really grateful for that because it's not something that I've experienced before. So yeah, it really just opened my mind a little bit. Um, and I think too, it kind of spoke to what I wrote down in the um, form that you sent me about like navigating it with compassion, right? Like that was such a huge thing that stood out to me in your in your videos that I've watched. It's just like, there's a compassion behind it. And I'm just like, oh, wow, okay. This doesn't have to be as aggressive as I've played it out to be. So um, yeah, it was really cool. Thank you. I love that. I love that you say that it means a lot. So what, what, what was the men group that you were in? I was in a mastermind group um, for two years and um, we focus mostly on like business and how to grow our businesses. And, you know, sometimes our personal stuff would come into that too, but all these guys are into fitness and nutrition and they're all shredded and they all have nice, beautiful bodies. And so I, you know, they just have idolized, you know, very strong, masculine, testosterone driven men, um, like liver King and, you know, guys like that. Um, and so that's kind of where that perception has come from. Um, and, you know, I think, part of like one thing that's coming up for me right now is like one of the guys at one of our meetings, cause we met up every week for two years. Um, and so we were really intimately involved with each other. 
not intimately, but like, <laughs> you know, we were close. Um, but one of the guys had shared like, um, you know, emotions aren't real. And that was like a red flag for me. Um, and so like seeing this like testosterone driven meat, like raw meat eating male talking about not having emotions and how it's not, not a real thing. Like that was, that was what really formed my perception of raw eating. Um, and so, yeah, then like to come online, like I said, and see, that same conversation happening with a completely different energy like that was like oh it's like a light bulb turned on you know it's not like i'm gonna go out and eat raw meat right now but <laughs> it still gave me the gave me the open mind to actually like see that like yeah some people really enjoy this some people see like there's a lot of, i'm it sounds like there's a lot of benefit to it right um i don't need to judge these journeys anymore like i can let go of some of that um so yeah i don't know that any of the guys that I was in the group with ever actually ate raw meat, but they were just people that, you know, they looked up to. Um, and then, yeah, I found out that liver King was on steroids. So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, how truthful is that? So, um, so yeah, but it, it, yeah, it definitely was uh, a very masculine driven um, ideal in my mind. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it's great to see like the femininity come into that, you know, there's, there's gotta be that balance in there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, oh, man, it's so important to me to like take the stereotype or just like make stuff for everyone, you know, like make stuff for for make topics for everyone. How do I describe this better? Like, <laughs> Just, I love sharing the other perspective, the other side of things. When we're hearing a narrative again and again and again and again, I love being like, well, what if it's like this? Like, yeah, we can do this, but what if we do it like that? Or if you're feeling this, if you're feeling like something isn't working for you, what if you tried it like this? Because I think, yeah, there are certain narratives like eating meat and carnivore that's like really hardcore, like man vibes. And I think there's a place for that, just like there's a place for everything in life in a way, like everything in one way or another, like could be beneficial or it could be harmful. Like the shamanic, I love that shamanic saying, everything can be a poison and everything can be a medicine, you know, it depends on who you are and what you need and all that. But yeah, that was something I noticed in the Rami world. I'm like, whoa, but there's like no super feminine ladies doing this. And what if I made it sexy? Cause like for me personally, with like the types of guys that I'm into is watching like a super masculine man, like tear into some meat. I'm like, that's hot. But I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, that's disgusting. And that's like way too aggressive for me. And in the behavior, the aggressive behavior, I don't like the hateful aggressive behavior. I sure don't like. Um, but I'm, I'm into like, I'm into that visual aspect but I also know I think all 99% of the people I know are like I don't like that it turns me off so I'm not trying to get people to eat this diet but I'm trying to get people who are being drawn to the diet to see that there's like a refined way of doing it too so I just love to hear that you're interested in that um yeah. Okay, so you've transitioned out of that community, that mastermind community. And how has that gone with your journey of like finding other types of community? Like, what was that like? 
Yeah, um, I think, I mean, it took me a while to really take that leap to leave that group. Um, but I know I had talked with Casey about it a couple of times and she was just like, I don't want to say like out evolving or like make it seem like a hierarchical thing, but it's like we're evolving at different rates. Um, and so it just was more of like a, like a holding me back in a way. Um, and so, you know, I even tried to create a mastermind of my own after the fact, um, and just realizing that like, I don't really need that right now. I got what I needed out of it. Right. Which was like consistency and accountability. Um, and so, you know, I've really been meeting more people who, like I said earlier, are in alignment with themselves. Right. Like I found the vitalist community, like, I think I signed up for Vitalist School like a month after, or I started Vitalist School a month after I left the mastermind group. And right, so there's like 20 people right there that are like following their soul's purpose on this planet. And I'm just like, oh, these are my people. Okay, here you are, you know? Um, and so it was really difficult to, to get out of that. It was a hard decision to make, right? Because it is like a comfortability after a while. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's opened me up in a lot of ways, um, you know, especially going through vitalist school, there's just like an acceleration that feels like it's happening. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't have like weekly meetings or anything anymore. Um, and there's like somewhat of a freedom in that, um, which has been really nice. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think one thing that really tipped it off for me too was um, the, there was four of us in the mastermind group and we did a psilocybin journey in June of last year. Um, and my intention for that was show me what I need to see in the people I surround myself with. Mm. Um, and I, during my experience felt like I had to throw up multiple times. And what I realized in hindsight is I didn't actually feel safe enough to process through what was going on. Mm. Um, and so that was like a huge aha moment for me. It's like, okay, well, if I can't, you know, process, and I realized like, when I am doing psilocybin, when, it, when I'm in a deep process, like I have to have that space to shake and be weird and do all the, you know, releasing that I need to do. Um, and so that really opened my eyes to, to the communities that I actually feel at home with. Cool. Yeah. So you're in a place right now of like, kind of creating your own vibes with community from scratch and like, kind of trying something else besides like super organized community and groups. Yeah. Yeah. And I found, you know, community in all different places, right? Like I was talking earlier, right? Like my trans experience has less to do with being trans has more to do with my consciousness level. Right. And so like, I have people in the queer community who are on the same wavelength as me. I have people who are straight cisgender people that are on the same wavelength as me. I don't care who they are. As long as we can have conversations and speak the same language, I don't care where you come from, yeah. you know? And yeah, it is like a building up from scratch. Cause it's like, starts with who am I and who do I want to attract? Right. And that's like, it's a whole journey in itself. Um, but yeah, I love that you said like building those from scratch. That definitely feels resonant for me. Yeah. And so cool. Like such an important part of the journey. Because again, it's like, I feel like some people, they need the structured community and like we might need different things at different times throughout our lives. But for some people, it's like they, it's just, they want it to be consistent. They want to be kind of led by someone and they just stay in that community forever and then some of us are like, 
well, I can't be confined by that at certain points in time, you know, like I was just saying the other day, I think on a live or something, I was like, I need my spiritual community. Like I need the people who are like doing psilocybin journeys and, and in tune with their very spiritual bodies and different senses and who can, you know, if I tell them, oh, at a breathwork ceremony a couple months ago, I saw my future daughter. And I, that was like an amazing moment. The people that can be like, wow, that's incredible. And not like, oh, <laughs> you know, like I need. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're crazy or you're making it up or whatever. The people that are just like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then I need like the raw meat people that I love. And then I need like the, my old friends that I've had since high school. And then I need like, you know, whatever, like my relationship with my parents has a piece of my life too. And yeah, so it's just like, there's all these different ways that we can combine together what we need in our lives, which is a cool construction. Yeah, I love it. And I do feel like one of those people that, you know, I'll constantly be shifting and changing and moving in and out of groups all of the time, right? Like, I don't ever feel that I will stay in one group for the rest of my life. Maybe I'll, you know, stay in contact with certain people in the groups. But for the most part, I'm just kind of out here just flowing, flowing and going. (laughs) I totally feel that too for myself. Yeah, I get that. Um, Okay, so... Is there anything else that was on your mind to share with everyone today or that's coming up for you to share right now? Hmm. I mean, I think, I just think it, not, there's not a whole lot of like value add to this, but I just think it's comical that um, for the last three or four years, I practiced the vegan diet. Um, and now I'm here talking to you. Wow. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. You we're at 450 right now. Can you go for another 10 minutes? I can, yeah. Okay, amazing. Would you like to tell us about your experience with veganism? And I'm not I'm not like I have said before just just like laying the foundation here for this podcast basically. I have said before that I I couldn't probably date a vegan right now. Date as in being in partnership with someone just because the lifestyles are so different and the values are so different, but would totally have vegan friends, have vegetarian friends, all of that. We're good. Like there's nothing on, we make maybe jokes in the raw meat community because we've had our own traumatic experiences with veganism. So it's not like the most vegan friendly place in the world, but it's, I have, I try to keep like total even keel and, I think that the vegan diet does work for people and some people are supposed to eat it and it feels good for them. So that's all I fucking care about. So just wanted to lay that foundation. Um, Can you tell us about your experience with that? Yeah. So um, it it started out as transitioning to vegetarianism when I was uh, with my ex. I think it was like 2015. I started doing that. Um, And then, you know, I just watched videos that I couldn't unsee and it was really traumatic. Right. Um, yeah. and it was hard to watch and just stuck in my mind. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is something that I really feel like I need to do. Um, and you know, I had a YouTube channel where my ex and I would get drunk and make vegan food to show people how easy it is to be vegan. It was a great time. Wow. Um, it was also right. Like a coping mechanism in some ways, but, um, you know, I, I was vegan for, I don't even know what 2000. 
18, I think was the last time I had chicken. Um, and then last year, um, I just, as I've been doing more self-development work and diving deeper into myself, like I just realized that a lot of it for me was thought-based and not body-based. And so, right. Like, um, thinking about the animals and thinking about, um, you know, what's happening before this gets to me, all that kind of stuff. Um, and not really paying attention to how is my body reacting to the food that that I'm eating, you know, uh, not really associating all the gastrointestinal issues that I had with having too much fiber. And some of that, right, for me has been like a disordered eating kind of thing, because I'll eat three servings of something, I'm not just going to eat one serving and be done with it, right. right. Um, and <laughs> some of that, right, some of that is just binge eating, right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I still do primarily eat like a plant based diet. Um, I've just incorporated small amounts of like, dairy and eggs, you know, I'll have things with eggs in them. Um, and my body doesn't react like I thought it would. It doesn't react at all, really. <laughs> um, and my stools are more like solids. So that's helpful, right? Like just noticing all this has been so interesting. Um, and also recognizing too that like what got me into veganism was guilt and shame, right? I feel guilty for eating this. I feel shameful for eating this. And then recognizing that that's not a healthy way to live for me, right? I don't want to feel guilty for eating something. I want to um, to honor it and enjoy it and whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, and even getting out of it, right? Um, there was some guilt and shame around that. And there's still questions that I have around certain things. Um, but yeah, just ultimately like letting go of the judgment um, for myself and others and letting go of, yeah, those guilt and shame feelings around um, what I'm eating and what I'm deciding to put in my body. So, yeah, it's been interesting. I love that. I, th that adds huge value to this podcast. I hope you realize like that's, that is, that is so here's the thing. Most, most raw meat people or whatever, I've never been like carnivore for that long. It didn't work for my body at all. Like my, it just didn't feel like it worked for me. Um, but so I, I'm more like I'll eat raw meat, but I'll eat a lot of other stuff too. Um, but almost everyone that I've talked to who has done like the hardcore raw meat carnivore diet, they were vegans before, right? So mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people will be able to connect with what you're saying. And they were not just vegans, they were hardcore vegans, right? It was like totally opposite, which kind of, it makes sense that it brought them to the place where they're like, oh my God, this doesn't work for me at all. And actually the opposite feels like the best for me right now. Um, but it was all this like guilt. I love what you say about guilt and shame playing a part in that, uh, in your experience. And I was vegan for a while and vegetarian for a really long time and pescatarian for a really long time. And um, yeah, it was just, it was at a point where I was like, wait, what am I actually eating though? Like I'm eating like really processed stuff that's coming from questionable sources anyway. So like, hold on, this isn't actually making sense. I'm just kind of like doing something that I feel like somebody else... PETA <laughs> told me to do because I watched those videos too, man. And um, I, it's, it was, it was, it sounds very similar to me. Like I was like, oh my God, that's really sad. I don't want to do that. So I guess anything that doesn't involve meat is better. And then just like researching it more for me and then personally realizing that, you know what, this isn't better. And like, if I'm careful with how I source my baby, if I'm careful with how I source, um, my food, then, you know, it, that, that will be the best thing for, I get to decide what the best thing is for me anyway. So, um, 
what did so, so you noticed that like the high 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 fiber wasn't like the best for you was there any other things that you noticed like oh I'm gonna like add this in or take this out like what 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 did you notice works for you and didn't work for you yeah I mean I I mean I think I've, I've become more aware of like just how much processed vegan food there is and how it's not any better for us any yeah. of us I would, like processed food is not great for us um but also too, right? Like I got to a point and I still, I still like value the whole food plant-based lifestyle a lot. Um, but it also is a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I get that, right? Like I love, like I said, getting creative in the kitchen and having fun with it. Um, yeah. And I don't have like dairy products in my house at this point. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just navigating my way through it, 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 I did get to a point in the whole food plant-based part of it, where it's like, it feels very restrictive, you know, and a conversation mm -hmm. that I had to continuously have was, you know, people would ask me or tell me like, oh, you can't have this. Oh, you can't have that. Can you have this? Can you have that? I'm like, oh. I can have whatever I want. Yeah. Too, right. And so that's yeah. where like the eating thing comes in for me is like, I can have whatever I want to, I'm choosing not to. Um, but it was just like, that's an exhausting conversation to have um, because, you know, it's happening all the time. But um, yeah, I just, I've found um, a lot of different things in it. You know, it's like, I'm not eating any better. And, you know, even with like some of the processed stuff, it I I mean, I'm thinking specifically of like a, um, a breakfast sandwich at a coffee shop nearby. Mm -hmm. um, it, it tastes artificial. And so I'm like, okay that's something sketchy there. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so. amazing that your taste buds can tell that. Cause I think most Americans could not. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Cause it is a weird, I'm in a weird space right now where like, you know, there's like cookies that I have at work and I'm like, I can straight up just taste butter. That's all I taste in this cookie. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, I, yeah. So either way, it's like, I can feel the extremes. Um, and so, yeah, just trying to find that balance. And, you know, I've, I've often, often, often also thought about, like the sourcing of animal products, right? Like, like I know at Vitalist, they've talked to me about, you know, oh, meeting the farmers and all that kind of stuff. And I'm open to trying that out. I would actually really like to try that out and just see what that process looks like. Um, Cause I don't want to contribute to suffering. Like that's the whole reason I got into veganism to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. um, also, I need to honor what my body needs too. So just trying to find that balance right now is where I'm at. Yeah, cool, cool. I know it is a balance, huh? It is a balance. And I think about it too with like inedible stuff like uh like clothing, for example. You know, I have to battle with myself cuz like I love high quality stuff and I love, you know, organic cotton stuff or like recycled cashmere is like my favorite. <laughs> I I love like really high end stuff and I've kind of gone back and forth on like well I know this thing like made well for example whatever I'm just gonna like say it um made well is like supposed to be environmentally friendly but it's also not depending on who you ask but I like still shop there because I'm like well it has like it might be like mostly cotton or 100% cotton and I just have to kind of like live my life you know I have to just not try to do everything perfectly because I've tried that before and I was like super unhappy and at a certain level I just feel like is this really like the worst possible thing like is this really am I a bad person if I do this and like who says I'm a bad person and 
are they right? And, you know, like, is this being over, what, what is being over dramatized and what's not? Cause I think that is getting really unclear or that's been unclear for a couple decades now. And, you know, yeah, I love how you describe it as a balance. So, okay. So last question, what do you feel like the root of health is? What would you say the common denominator of health is if you had to pick one general thing or one or one specific thing, but just one thing? What do I feel is the root of health? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll speak for myself, for yeah. me. Um, it's the connection to spirit to the divine to source um trusting that leaning into that being in that um because i believe that everything physical is a manifestation of the energetic spiritual realm um and so when we can tap into and trust and believe in the invisible then it will become visible in some way um yeah i think it's just having that connection and like fully immersing, right? Like a surrender almost. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I cool. I can connect with that so much. I love it. Okay, Jay Morgan, queer life coach and somatic practitioner. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It was so fun. I loved learning more about you and just vibing with you on all these topics. Thanks for being here with me. Yeah, thank you for asking all these great questions. And I just love that they're all intuitive. It's like, it's so beautiful. Um, and for holding this space too, and for creating this space, right? Like I wouldn't answer these questions if I didn't feel safe. So thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen. Big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life. I've done that in my life. It is my goal. It is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well. So if you can help me do this, I would be so grateful. Please share this episode, share my podcast, other people about my podcast, share it on Instagram. I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one -one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.